Good evening. We are live. It is Monday night. Um, it is UK Colts fan episode seven. Bloody hell, time flies when you're having fun. Uh, today on my show, I have a very, very exciting guest, electric guest, I'll say. Um, I think that's a very appropriate pun. Take a sip of my tea, uh, very British style, before I introduce him. But um, anyway, I've been watching this guy since he was Colts taught back in the day. Um, you know, just exciting content all the through, all the way through. Uh, became a part of the Blue Stable. He's the one of the content coordinators for that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mister Culture Shock. Hey man, appreciate you for having me on the show, man. Appreciate you. Excellent. Um, no, nice to see you, man. How's it going? Oh man, everything's good over here on this side, man. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Do you just want to tell people your story? I know um, you had the Twitter, uh, they deactivated your account for whatever reason, and now you're trying to get back to 1K. But, you know, like I said, I was watching you when you was Colts Talk, um, and then you became Culture Shock, and now you're working with the Blue Stable guys. Do you just want to explain your story in greater detail? Uh, yeah, sure. I can give you a rundown. Um, started my channel back in, like, 2015, it wasn't even actually the Colts football at the beginning. It was me just trying to find my way. But um, the, the, the further I went with the content, I uh, started getting invites to join people's shows, and they started plugging in my channel, um, trying to get more subscribers for me. And then that's when I really started locking in. And then when I was able to live stream the games and watch it with fans, that some fans can't watch it where they're located, uh, I started connecting with Colts fans more and more. And I progressed. And then I met a couple of Colts fans, the content creators that had the same um, same intention of what I wanted as a Colts content creator. And we just made a group called the Blue Stable, got our own website. And then we're just, you know, pushing the Colts uh, content out there and just interacting with as many fans as possible, trying to oncome something big in the future. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's nice. And it? it's lovely to see family growing. Um the old cult fans are out there are a family to me. Um, we all love the same team for the same reason that it's, you know, you find somewhere where you belong and that's football. You know, uh, everyone finds their own team. We found the Colts. How did you stumble across Indianapolis Colts? Was it when you was a little kid? Oh uh, yeah, man. A uh, little kid. They were actually the first team I've ever seen when I watched football of course, you, you would think it will be the local team of wherever you're located in a certain area. But the first team I've actually watched was the Indianapolis Colts. And I, and I had a football game, a video game, and I, I used them on there. And I, I just was fantasized after that. And Peyton Manning was the first person that I've ever seen throwing the football in my lifetime that I can remember. And I just stuck with the Colts ever since. That's crazy. Uh, only because that's how a video game is how I became you know, a Colts fan, I think it was Madden 07. And it was, um, it wasn't actually paying money, it was Joseph Adai, it was my friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, let's talk about the big uh, breaking, well, not breaking news, but recent news. Um, Helio Jones come into the division, unfortunately not to Indianapolis, to our rivals, Tennessee. Uh, does this make you any more worried about Tennessee than it did before the trade? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, before before Julio went there, you already knew the identity of what Tennessee was going to do. Um, also, knowing that they lost a few targets on the offensive side, one in their big tight end and John Smith, Corey Davis was a wide receiver, second string. They lost him. So you already knew that Derrick Henry is probably going to be overused going into the future of next season. But them acquiring the ne- another wide receiver in Julio Jones who can pretty much produce just as much as Derrick Henry uh, when, it ter- when in terms of getting the football, it adds mm-hmm. another threat and another person you have to overlook when you're playing against them. So last year, I mean, this year, before they acquired Julio, my predictions was us to actually go 2-0 against the Titans, being as though last year we beat them the first time, but the second time we didn't have a few star players, so they actually embarrassed us. But my thoughts was, you know, we're going to have everybody next year, so we're going to beat them 2-0. But them adding Julio changed the whole identity of what, you really expect the Titans to do next year because no one knows. No one knows. Um, uh, Julio is a good receiver. Tannehill is one of those guys that can literally throw the ball down the field, and Julio is mm-hmm. one of those guys that go get it. So um, I definitely can see it going 1-1 next year against the Titans. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're always going to be a tough team to beat. You know, I respect division rivalries. Um, I have. I know we've beat them a lot recently with Andrea Luck in the side, but – Football changes, um, like you say, we went one-on-one with them last season. It was yin and yang, two completely different teams, two completely different games. Um, but, you know, next season, um, you can't deny the talent that Helio Jones has got. Nobody's denying the talent. Uh, it's just a bit, time's not on his side, is it? Yeah, man. Um, I don't think age has anything to do with it when it comes to Julio. He's just a very special talent. Um, when it comes to being on the Tennessee, I mean, you've seen p- players of old age still being able to produce. I mean, I don't want to use this guy as a comparison, but look at Tom Brady. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's denying age every year. He's been doing it for so long. That he's like almost in his 50s. Just won another Super Bowl. But I think for, for a guy like even T.Y. Hilton is a good example. T.Y. Hilton, you know, he's up with age. He's not the youngest guy out there, but he can still produce when the ball is thrown to him. And to have Julio on that team, it just causes another distraction. So it opens the game up for another guy called the Titans. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and considering what everyone thought Julio Jones was going to get traded for or sold for, however you want to put it, you know, I think the talk is it's going to be a second and a fourth. That's pretty cheap for... Julio Jones. Yeah, man. Um, we definitely could have got him. Uh, a lot of Colts fans didn't think that it was possible. I tried to tell some Colts fans that, you know, you got to take reality out of certain things, especially acquiring another target when you're in a, in a certain mode, like playoff championship contention, like the Indianapolis Colts. I think we could have had a chance to get him. And then when you see the deal that went down, like a second round pick or something like that, it just makes it worse that he, he went to your division and you have to play him two times a year. Now, if he would have went to the Patriots or something, I would have been like, oh, okay, whatever, we don't care. But the fact that he went to Tennessee, it's kind of rough. Uh, but, hey, man, it's going to be a good fight, a good show, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, um, moving on, I want to say, uh, you know, to you, you've, you've had an up-and-down journey on social media recently. Twitter, I don't know, the app. Did they, did they deactivate your account or what happened there? 
Uh, yeah, they suspended it. They didn't tell me how long it was gone for. Um, the reason why it got suspended, well, this happened a long time ago, right? So I, I used to make these tweets, you know, to try to get people to, to follow my Twitter account. I used to make these good morning tweets. And then I have like a music video of a, a good song back in the day that everyone enjoyed. Yeah. And then I guess they found it eventually after I changed over my content to just cults related. And it was like a years ago. I totally forgot about it. And they, they, they just suspended my account. That's crazy. Like, it's, it's horrible. Um, but, you know, you are back on there. You are trying to get to 1K. Uh, if everyone watching could go and follow, uh, it is at all. Uh, culture shock uh, underscore um, and I've got to say man your videos and I don't want to just sound like I'm blowing smoke up you but generally electric videos and generally good uh, the draft night you did I, I was hopping in and out of that that was fun to watch especially when we all realised Quitty Pay was falling to the Colts um, what was your you know we all saw the raw emotion in the video but what was you feeling after the pick was made? I felt relieved. You know, it was one of those draft picks was like, when it got close to you, your, your blood started flowing faster, your heart started beating, and you were like, this is it. This is the moment where we get our guy. And yeah. you thought he was going to fall to maybe the Giants or something, but the moment that the name was announced, you've seen it yourself. Everybody went crazy. After the fact, I was like, now we can literally move forward and actually hit the next level and where the Colts is going to stand at, man. It was just... If I could go back in time and do it all over again, I would. It was just a great night. We had drinks. We had beers. You know, everyone's interacting. It was really good, man. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it seems like Chris Ballard, when he first got to the Colts, had to spend four years, I think it is now, four or five years, building an offensive line. Now it looks like uh, the last two and the future two years, he's going to be building a defensive line. He's definitely a man of his word that he wants to win games in the trenches. Getting quitty pay, for you, what does that do to the already, you know, okay, all the guys didn't have a fantastic last uh, year last year, but Grover Stewart had a, quite a breakout year. Um, we're hoping for good years out of Banagu and Tyquan Lewis this year. What does bringing someone like Quitty Payne add into that room? It, it, adds, it adds promise and longevity. Those are two things you would want to have as a Colts fan and to, you know, to root for your organization. You want to have good depth. Uh, by that, I mean you've got to have talent that goes from here into the future. And the fact that we're one of the youngest teams in the NFL adding them now, he can literally learn things that he can learn um, in the future. And, and look at the people around him. Look at the veterans. He has Darius Leonard he can learn from. He has DeForest Buckner he can learn from. All these things play, plays a very pivotal role. Even guys like Robert Mathis, that's, that's not on the team, but that's around the environment. All these things play a big role for these young guys going into the future. Um, but I think, you know, adding depth, especially at a young age, is a really good sign. And to have Ballard as, you know, to be up there in the front office, it just shows that he's committed. You know, he doesn't go out there. He doesn't need the biggest names. He's willing to run it back with the core that we already have. And that's a really good sign going for us, man. Yeah. Uh, we've got a question here um, from Col Colts Loyalist 5678. Uh, nice to see new faces in the watching the show. It's excellent. Uh, 
you know, I see him more and more interaction each week. What is each of your favourite off-season move, uh, free agency draft? I mean, we haven't had many this year, so I'll just ask you what has been of the Chris Ballard era, your favourite free agent? Oh, my favourite free agent was, of course, had to be T.Y. Hilton. I think that whole movement on social media and everything, him responding to Colts fans on Twitter, mm-hmm. us pushing for Ballard and Ursay to go bring T.Y. back because he almost lost him to Baltimore. I think that had to be – I can't remember another movement like that mm-hmm. free agency-wise where we actually, you know, pushed the narrative and actually, and it actually worked. You know, that, that was one of the moves I can really say that really took over a social media platform. The hashtag was trending on Twitter. I mean, it, it, it was on the news waves and everything. It was on the news channel and everything. I think that was probably the most, you know, iconic free agent move for the Colts this offseason was bringing back T.Y. Hilton to run it back for one more year. Yeah, this season, you know, this offseason especially, because it all seemed, it seemed like it was either going to be Xavier Rhodes or T.Y. Hilton. And we got both back, which is just fantastic news. Um, like you say, the movement, it was on Pat McAfee's show. It was on ESPN. It was trending on Twitter. And, you know, as the Colts fans, you feel not isolated, but we're quite a culty team, pardon the pun, that if you didn't start supporting us, you know, either after Peyton Manning and or the Super Bowl or whatever, then not many people know about the Colts flow. For something like that to happen, it was just fantastic to see. Um, I'd agree that was my favourite off-season move of this season. But if I had to think back to pick a different one, only because I wouldn't really count like others um, that have happened this off-season. But uh, Kenny Moore, what a fantastic pickup he's been. And I did have another one, but it's with well, yeah, Xavier Rhodes as well. The what, you know, just two fantastic guys that we've picked up who have been phenomenal. Um, that does sort of nicely, thanks to Colts Loyalist five six seven eight. We have segued in to my next part of the show, which is off season feelings. How how's this off season going? Would you like to have been more aggressive? Oh yeah, man, one hundred percent. I mean, being aggressive would have been perfect. I mean, but this off season has been a roller coaster. You've seen at the beginning of the free agency, it was just so much talent. This had to be one of the deepest free agency class that I can remember. It was so much talent there, but, you know, as the days went by, you know, nobody was assigned to or acquired to Indianapolis. You started regretting. You're just like, oh, man, you know, the, the comment sections were talking about Ballard slander and everything. But then, you know, we started bringing back our own guys, and then you started really understanding where the mindset of what Chris Ballard was standing from, you know, he would he went in and literally brought up brought back everybody that we had last year and pretty much brought him back this year. And the message was to run it back with our guys. It wasn't in bringing it. We don't have to bring in the biggest names. And I think that's a good thing when it comes to chemistry, chemistry and morale, staying disciplined. You know, all these things plays a big role when you have the same roster for a certain amount of time. So I kind of understand where he was coming from, but. This offseason was a roller coaster, but the the bigger picture, I understand where he was coming from. Yeah. Uh, got a question here from Noah. I would try and pronounce your last name, Paul, but I would probably murder it. Bish. Bish. <laughs> Noah Bish. Uh, apologies for that. 
How do you feel about the loss of Anthony Walker? Is the linebacker rotation going to be lacking this season? Um, for me, I, I do feel good, especially because considering he's gone to an AFC rival, uh, because he is a talented linebacker. But it was probably time he moved on because uh, Bobby's coming through and there's no way we're getting rid of Darius Leonard. Yeah, man, 100%. Um, Anthony Walker's loss is going to be a, a big move for us. Uh, it's very pivotal. The things he did on the field was, you know, you can't take it away. Um, his, his zone coverage, you know, some people don't know, but he led the, the Colts in tackles last year over Darius Leonard. So his leadership is going to be gone. Uh, but the fact that Bobby Okereke did have more snaps than him last year, he's going to be filling in some big shoes. There's some things Bobby can do that Anthony Walker lacked, and I think that's going to that's gonna make up for it. Um, Anthony Walker was good on stopping the run, uh, but Bobby Okereke is going to have to improve that. But I think it's going to take uh, time for Bobby Okereke to fill those shoes. But having a side piece and Darius Leonard is going to be very pivotal for Bobby. And I, and, I, and I think I have faith in Bobby to actually – be successful because he is one of the fastest linebackers in the NFL. Nobody knows that, but he really is fast. And I think that can play a big part, you know, in covering tight ends and other scenarios where he can be pivotal going into next season. Yeah. Um, back to the off season, you know, obviously the big one was Carson Wentz to the Colts. Um, I watched a video about Carson not being broken. I thought it was an excellent video, but um, what I would say is, was you expecting Philip Rivers to retire? Because after that playoff game, I thought, man, we could really run this back with Philip Rivers. Yeah, that's uh, I actually made a video on that too. Um, talking about Philip Rivers, you know, it was up and down uh, going into last year. But I think, you know, with the, with the protocols and all the procedures we had to go through, he was very limited um, learning the chemistry and relating to the wide receivers. But you see, he started to mesh well at the end of the year. So after we lost to the Bills, I wanted to run it back another year with, with Phil Rivers. No one knew that we were going to go get Carson Wentz, even though he was on the trade block. I wouldn't have been opposed to that situation to having him back a backup because we knew Rivers wasn't going to stay there forever. Um, yeah. So I definitely did want to play another year with Phil Rivers. It did shock me when he retired, but I understood as well. He's, he was up in age. Throwing motion wasn't all the way there either. So I kind of understood. Yeah. And... Carson coming in, um, obviously had his critics in the past. Uh, maybe one of them I was not his biggest fan, I will say that. As soon as he touched down in Indy, different story. But before that, not his biggest fan. Um, but this is, you know, in Indianapolis, Carson Wentz has got everything he needs to become MVP Carson Wentz again. Yeah, man, he has a... a... I think this might be one of his best rosters he's ever been on besides the Super Bowl roster. I mean, but it's definitely relatable. I think we have more targets than the Eagles when he was in that MVP form. Um, so I think he can really be um, back in his regular form. But even though we can, we want that from Carson, we don't need that version. I think we can get a 50% version of the MVP form and we'll be successful. Um, you know, the fact that Carson Wentz, uh, the most he's ever been sacked in a, in a year was 29 times. Last year, I think it was 19 with Philip Rivers. If we can limit that for Carson Wentz, I think that will be a successful year for us. So mm -hmm. um, the protection that we have for Carson will be immaculate. I'm really excited to see what the potential can be with him going into next season. Yeah. And I mean, the first, you know, the Colts have quite a tough opening schedule. 
Um, you know, all so predicted by all these simulations. Well, what what do we expect from Carson Wentz weeks one to five? Do we expect Frank Wright to gunsling it up the field, or do we expect same old Colts run the damn ball? I expect him to run the football. I know it's going to be up and down for Carson. It's yeah. a very tough. It's a very tough road for the first five games, uh, yeah. but I can I can I can see him pulling it off. Um, being though what we can see from Carson doing a pass, um, him able be him being able to be mobile, but he's not going to it's not going to be needed because of the offensive line that we have. I do have faith that Carson can pull it off. Now I don't think he'll go undefeated in the first five games, but I think he can win at least three. Three, two to three games in the first five. I think it. I think it'll work out. Yeah, I mean, for me, we're obviously going seventeen and three and in the playoffs. So I don't know what you're talking about, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I want to talk about now probably one of the best assets of the Colts. Um, again, you know, your channel. Like I said, I've watched your channel since you was Colts talk back in the day, and I'll keep watching. Uh, it was the running back room one. Now, I've put my neck out on the line a bit here, and it got a bit of stick, especially from the Browns fans, because I think you value it. Uh, you, you put in value for money and talent. I think the Colts have the best running back room in the league. Um, I think the Browns have the best one too, but then I think we have the best, you know, one, two, three, four overall, and that's how I look at it. Um, how are you rating our running back room? Oh, yeah, man. Um, the running back room for us, I think if we had a choice, I would make it 1A, 1B. But to be fair, I would make it the Browns number one and then the Colts number two. I only say us number two due to Marlon Mack being a question mark going into next season. We don't know if he'll hit his full stride going in next year, but we know he'll be a good producer. Um, even though we do have Naheem Himes and Jordan Wilkins, that makes it three more talented running backs. Um, but the Browns are, you know, they're proven. They have two running backs that can get you over a thousand rushing yards in a game, and they both can receive out the backfield. They have a nice one-two pair. So I think it's more proven for them. That's why I give them the edge. But for us having the depth-wise, having four running backs, maybe even five, I will give us the second nod. And there's nothing wrong with being top two, and I think that gives us an edge going into next season. Gives us a momentum push of wanting to be number one. So I will give us number two for not being biased. <laughs> um, but no, it was really, I won't say it was a shock because all Colts fans know how talented JT was when we drafted him. Um, it did take a little bit of learning. Um, you know, there was really a turning point. I can't, I'm not sure what game it was, but he sort of, you know, in college, you could outrun anyone in college when you're running back. That's why you're there. He had to learn in the NFL, you can't do that. You have to cut the field. And we sort of saw the progression of a player going from an okay draft pick to top value draft pick. Um, like you said, Marlon Mack, unfortunately, got the injury. But if Marlon Mack is 1,000-yard season Marlon Mack, like he has been, then, you know, it's what the teams do when you've got a team that has the Colts oil line, Marlon Mack, Jonathan Taylor... And then wide receivers from T.Y. Hilton to Mike Pittman and Zach Pascal. Yeah, man, um, it's going to be a crazy. It's going to be a crazy thing to watch because 
It's so much talent. We don't know who can get the football at any moment. Anybody can explode. Anybody. So the fact that, you know, the the possibility is there, the sky is the limit. You know, you just got to keep the faith. And I think Marlon Mack can pull a good season. I'm not saying he'll be the best running back out of all of them, even though he can be. But, I mean, if all this all this talent on the offense is going to push each other to strive to be successful. And I think that's one of the bonuses you can see for next year for the running back room. Uh, question from Colts Loyalist. Who is your favorite Colts player, active and retired? I mean, that's one of the sections, but I'll bring it forward. Um, I'll let my guest start. Who is your favorite Colts player, active and retired? Favorite Colts player retired is Peyton Manning. Favorite Colts player that is active, I will say, is Julian Blackman. That's two good picks, man. I'd say my favorite Colts player uh, retired um, is, I mean, I'll pick Joseph Adai. Um, obviously, Peyton Manning is up there, T.R. Hilton, all them guys. But Joseph Adai is why I started supporting the Colts. Um, and active, oh, that's, that's a tough one. But I, I've got to go with my guy, Big Q. Man, I love Quentin Nelson. Just especially that we, you know, we drafted back to six. Everyone said you can't take a guard at six. Uh, I think we can when it's Quentin Nelson. <laughs> um, and again, Taylor is going to open a lot of people's eyes this year. I mean, yeah, let's talk about Jonathan Taylor for a second. A guy who, in my eyes, isn't getting enough recognition for what he actually did last year. I mean, he wasn't the number one running back for, well, until Marlon Mack got injured, really, so he wasn't getting most of the snaps. He was thrust into that position, and then he still ended up with the second, or was it the third most overall rushing yards? Yeah, correct. Um, he finished top five in rushing yards in a, in a seven-game span. Um you know, when he came in, it took a while for him to adjust. But I think that Packers, after the Ravens and the Bacchus, when he fumbled the football and everything, came back against Green Bay and literally shocked the world. I think that was his pretty pretty much coming out party, um, having that run. And then even against the Titans, the second meeting. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be very, very good next year. Um, of course, you know, some players do go through a sophomore slump. But I think his production in the second half of the season is going to carry over into next season. Plus having a guy to split reps with in Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines, I think all these things can help him going into next season because it's going to keep the defenses on edge. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Uh, nobody knows the uh, identity of the Colts. Of course, it is run the football, but when you have all these weapons, nobody really knows who to really manage when it goes into yeah. next season. So I think all these things can really go into Jonathan Taylor's favor next season. Yeah. Um, that brings me nicely into – my next section, which is the Colts is a happy place to be. I don't know what they're putting in the Kool-Aid uh, down at Lucas Oil, but every, you know, the Colts finished the season and I'm pretty sure everyone went, okay, we're not getting everyone back. And then all of a sudden we get everyone back. Is this just the older players realising that the Colts are serious contenders for the Super Bowl? Or is this, you know, what what's so happy about the Colts to be there at the minute? I mean, the Colts is so young. I think the I think the 
the age has a lot to do with the the perception of the Colts organization and the team. Uh, mm -hmm. They're energetic, they're super hyped, and I think all of that boosts the morale for, for you know the fan base and the, the team in general. Mm -hmm. um, I think that you know I think them being young, I think that has a lot to do with the veterans wanting to stay and all these things. But you know when you look into the future of the Colts, I think it's going to become a popular destination for certain players when their contract do expire. So I think all those things have a lot to do with um, the Colts' uh, perception of being happy. Yeah. I mean, especially to get, you know, someone like – just a couple of questions. Uh, do you think JT will break 1750 total uh, yards from scrimmage? I mean – I think if he had the full season, it would have been a lot closer to Derek Henry than to uh, three or four, whoever it was three and four in the rushing, in the scrimmage yards. Um, because, you know, especially against the Titans, I think it was uh, when we absolutely mauled them. And we just, nobody expected us to run all over the Titans. And I think it was a game where Derek Henry went for he still went for 100 yards because he's Derek Henry, of course, but no touchdowns. And he, you know, Black, Julian Blackman made him stop playing in the third quarter. So I think that's a win. Uh, I mean, what do you think? This is JT's year to be MVP. Well, not MVP, but probably rookie player, stuff like that, you know, in them awards at the end of the year. Yeah, I think JT, I think Johnson Taylor can do it. Uh, when it comes to, his production next year, I think the way it'll work out is that Jonathan Taylor will have more big runs. And I think the, the, the better, the more of the touchdowns will come from other guys when it gets to the goal line. I think it'll get more like, you'll get more of a Marlon Mack if he can stay healthy. I think he'll be the one that gets the touchdowns at the goal line or to be a guy like Jonathan or, or a guy like Moali Cox. I think those guys will be the ones to score at the goal line. But I think Jonathan Taylor, more of his runs, will be big runs when it comes like maybe maybe third and 10 or second and 15 or things like that nature. I think Jonathan Taylor would be the one to get the big runs. And I think Marlon and guys like Marley Cox of that nature will get the goal line touchdowns. So I can see him making that. I mean, I want to talk about maybe a surprise running back that we have on the Colts roster, which is Quitty Pay. Um, you know, he played halfback uh, running back in high school. He told Matt Eberflus that he played running back in high school. And, I mean, I'm just saying, we all remember the little trick play where Quentin Nelson was fullback, you know. Could, could we see a halfback dive with Quentin Nelson at fullback and quickly pay at halfback? I mean, <laughs> if we can do that at the end of the year against the Jaguars, I would not <laughs> be opposed to that decision. I would want Zachary Pascoe to throw him the football <laughs> or we can get like a, a one of those wildcat offenses. We can get like Kenny Moore at quarterback and Zachary Pascal at fullback or something crazy like that. But I can see that happening, definitely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that would be excellent to see. Uh, uh, Colts, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, it'd be fantastic to see. Um, but, you know, that's, that is Frank Reich. He does draw up these crazy gambling plays. He is the Riverboy gambler for a reason. Okay. Um, didn't work out for us in Buffalo, but, you know, the wind's blowing a different way on that game and we win it. So it's just one of them days. Um, okay, 
let's talk about uh, the Colts in general. Last year, the Colts were very much a sleeper team, underdog team, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it seems, you know, for me, it seems like this year I was expecting us not to be an underdog team or not to be a sleeper team. But it seems like everyone else is still counting out the Colts when I think we're probably, I mean, we're definitely Super Bowl contenders. I'm not saying we're Super Bowl champions, but I think if, you know, things go our way and we play our game, I think we are in the Super Bowl. If we can win out of our first 10 games, if we can win realistically seven to eight of our first 10, we're going to the Super Bowl. I think the first 10 of our, the first 10 games of the season is going to be the identity of what the Colts will do. I think, I literally think that um, the first, I will say the first, even the eight, the first eight games will really show the the general perception of how the Colts is going to look going into the playoffs. Now, mm-hmm. after that eight games, it's going to be a little easier, but I think the first eight will literally to show what the Colts are going to be for the whole season. If we can, if we can literally pull, if we can win six, the first eight, we're going to the Super Bowl, yeah. hands down. And yeah, uh, that brings me nicely into season record. Um, interesting one, tough one, you know. Um, but we've got preseason this time. We've got a new quarterback who can actually throw it more than ten yards. Um, we've got our major wide receiver back. We, you know, you got Mike Pittman and stuff like that. It's, I mean, the ceiling, the the sky is the limit for this team. But what are your realistic season record? At first, I had us winning nine games. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, after OTAs and everything, I can bump us up to 10 wins. I can see us winning 10 wins again this year. Um, that's being realistic um, and not biased. Mm-hmm. 10, game, 10 games is, is reasonable. It really mm-hmm. is. Um, with all the weapons and everything we have, um, I can see us – Winning ten games, but realistically, if we if we if it did come down to it, nine games is exceptional as well, being as though how deep the AFC is. Um, but in in my my general record is ten wins. Yeah, um, yeah. I think if we don't get ten wins, I think it's a bad season. Um, you know, I think this is a, such a talented team, uh, which brings me nicely onto this comment from Noah. Is the AFC a whole new division with the additions of Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, Julio in Tennessee? Will the AFC ever garner some respect? I mean, it is a good point uh, Noah brings up because, you know, I've watched the Colts through 2-12 and 12 season with, you know, Matt Hasselback as our starting QB, not offensively guy. But, you know, there has been times where the AFC and especially the AFC South has been the laughing stock of uh, the NFL sort of how, how like the NFC East was this season, but you know last season, you know I thought the Texans and the Jags might have been done done a lot better last season, but still a tough place to go last season. The AFC South. Um, what do you see? How strong is this division? Is what I'm trying to say this season. This division is changing um, over time. I think this division in about two years. Will probably be, be probably be one of the best, seriously. Um, but for now, I think it's still ran by two teams, the Titans and the Colts. But I think in about two years, it'll be maybe 
three teams making the playoffs out of this division, for sure. Uh, you got a fan. <laughs> What's up, Culture Shock from Joey B five six one. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, it's you know it has happened a couple of times uh, in my lifetime. Three teams from the AFC South going through the playoffs. Um, you know, but I'm con- my concern for Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville is: Are we going to see another Andrew Luck situation uh, where they're not going to protect him? They're just going to get every shiny new toy they can, and he's going to eventually be run into the ground. Ah, uh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he has a very high ceiling of being successful. Mm-hmm. I think he needs a better offensive line. And I think the defense is almost there of being where they want to be, like they were back in 2017, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's going to take time for that Jaguars team and Trevor Lawrence to actually hit that stride. I mean, he could have a good rookie year. He could go for the Rookie of the Year award for offense. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think it'll take time for the Jaguars to hit that stride. Uh, they do have the offensive weapons, but I think the defense needs a little bit more talent and they need a little bit more protection on the offensive line. Yeah, yeah it's – a tough one for Trevor, but you know, let's see what you're made of. You are the, the franchise QB. Go and show you why you're QB one. Um the Colts, um best way to put it. Oh, just a quick one from Joe. I just got here. I don't know if you already talked about it, but do you think Julio Jones will be a big problem for the Colts in terms of winning the division? Uh we, we did touch on it, Joe, but uh you know I think the general consensus is you can't take away Helio Jones' talent. Uh, it is another uh, weapon for the Titans. Do I do I think it threatens the Colts in winning the, the division? No, because the, uh, the Titans have always been the fawn in the side of the Colts. And the Colts have always been, when they've not been a great team, have always been a fawn in the side of the Titans. You know, they're like two brothers going at it. Uh, <laughs> is the best way to describe it. Um, But yeah, so back to the Colts. The game plan for next season, you know, you think we're going to be a running team, which I pretty much agree with when we've got an O-line that isn't as nasty as ours and Jonathan Taylor, run it as hard as you can. Uh, Defensively, I've not been Matt Eberflus' biggest fan, uh, mainly because I think we've got a team that we should blitz more with. Uh, with the players we have. But do you think we're going to see more of this? In, it's sort of the clone style of uh, Tony Dungy's inverted Tampa 2. Um, uh, are we going to see more of this, or is it going to be more blitzing, do you think? I think he. Will, I think the blitz will be more um, with, with the edge rush that we have. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be more aggressive when it comes to blitzing because that's what we did back last year. Um, I think the blitz will be more helpful when it comes to the pass rush and, you know, trying to get to contain the QB that's on the opposite side of the field, I think the blitz will be more aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we've got some great undercover blitzes as well in Kenny Moore, uh, Julian Blackman, just these guys who have a real talent for sneaking under the radar. You, you know, we talked about it a bit earlier, but I, when it comes to someone like, Quitty Pay, you know, DeForest Butner. Teams are going to have to start, they're going to have to choose one of them to double up on. And they're going to have to leave one of them on man. And 
it just opens up a whole new playbook for the Colts. Yeah, man, 100%. I agree. Yeah. Um, okay, getting into the last part of the show now, you know, we've been talking Colts football for 40 minutes. Uh, thanks, everyone, for watching. Um, but getting into the last part of the night, just a couple of fun questions. Um no pressure, I'm not keeping score on any of these questions, by the way, just so you know. But um, you've oh, just a question before we do, actually, um, from Joy. I'm calling it Nike Hines is going to get five pump return touchdowns. Just stay out. I'd love for Nike Hines to get five pump return touchdowns. He's capable of it. He's very capable of it. His first cut when he gets the ball is fantastic. <laughs> I mean... He's, we all know he's a skill back. Uh, that's why Frank puts him in because he can just make people miss. Um, opposed to Jonathan Taylor, who just runs through people. Um, but yeah, I, I could see him getting some uh, return TDs. Um, yeah, so on to these fun questions. So you have the Oklahoma drill. You have Quentin Nelson on one side. You have DeForest Butler on the other side. Who's winning that? I'm going to go with Quentin Nelson. Oof, big Q. Any reason or just he's big and nasty? Well, if somebody's screaming running towards you, I don't think you're going to win that. <laughs> and then you're going to get fined for screaming and running at someone. <laughs> yeah. And um, the next question. Okay, so you, you're on the, you know, it's the Super Bowl. Uh, you have the greatest possible Colts team you could possibly think of uh, put together. Um, you know, it's a game-winning drive. You need to score to win. You've got, you know, this great team around you. But you've got a choice. You've got either Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning to lead your team. You know, we've seen Andrew do it before. He likes a comeback, Andrew Luck. And Peyton Manning, just extremely talented. Which quarterback are you choosing to lead the Colts in this Super Bowl? I'm going to choose Andrew Luck. And, woo, that's a big... I mean, Andrew Luck has been picked more than you'd think. So, but yeah, go ahead. To 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 be fair, Peyton Manning is my favorite out of all of them. Mm-hmm. But I think when it comes to skill set, I think Andrew Luck is probably more skilled. He's mobile. You know, mm-hmm. you don't know what he's going to do next. And I think the way he learned the game is just ahead of his time. Um, I think he was a game changer. He could have went down as one of the greatest quarterbacks if he was still playing today. But I think his skill set is more is more polished for actually winning the game in the final moments than than paying many. I choose Castle. <laughs> yeah, well, let's hope Castle is leading us in that situation. Um, but yeah, I mean, especially if you put, you know, you take Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, and give them to Andrew Luck as well as T.Y. Hilton. That's just a fantastic team. Um, yeah, okay. My very last question. Um, I appreciate you know you being with us for this long. Um, it's great chatting to new fans. But my very last question for you is: There's a very exciting matchup week two. Quentin Nelson and Aaron Dar- uh, Donald. Are you like how much are you looking forward to this and who wins it? Because this is the best of the best. Um, I am looking forward to it. It especially depends if if Aaron Donald's on that side, if they do match up, mm-hmm. um, if they do fight, I think Aaron Donald's going to win that one. I just think Aaron Donald's probably the 
the freak of nature that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. So I will give him the edge. Um, I mean, I don't think he'll win every battle, but I think it'll be a 50-50 toss-up uh, if we're being honest here because they're both very dominant. I mean, but we did see both lose battles too at times. But I think I'll give Donald that one, respectfully. Respectfully. I mean, I mean, there's nothing wrong to losing to Donald at all. Um, like you said, I think it it's just going to be an excellent, you know, that's Kong versus Godzilla sort of battle. Um, but anyway, you know, thanks for coming on. You know, we've been talking Colts football now for 45 minutes. Thank you, everyone, for joining in in the comments. It makes it so much better when people join in. Um, new faces, you know, come back. There'll be more shows. I'm sure we'll get you on again. Um, I've been UK Colts fans. Uh, to my right on the screen has been probably one of the most electric people I know on Twitter at Culture Shock. Uh, please go and follow him. He is trying to get back to a thousand because Twitter did in day. Thank you so much for watching.